Hello, welcome to the all-new Music Heads. I'm Bill DeVille. In this installment, we'll have a chat with Chris Walla of Death Cab for Cutie about some of the music he loves in the guest list. Teenage Kicks host Jackie Fuller will talk about her favorite Wilco album in the Essential segment. Co-music director Melanie Walker has the next big thing. She'll be talking about the new rockabilly outfit from the UK, the Jim Jones Review. Plus, I'll be joined by David Safar and David Campbell to break down the new album from the horrors in our music meeting. And we'll have a sneak peek of a new track from M83 in this installment of Music Heads. Jill Riley is here with the music cast. Hi, Jill. Hey, Bill. Here are some music headlines from this week. You know, I'll start with a big one. Uh, okay, MTV Video Music Awards. MTV pretended to care about music. Mm-hmm. It was great. Beyonce's having a baby. That's the big one, huh? Lady Gaga dressed in drag. Justin Bieber thanked God and Jesus. So Nice, okay. <laughs> but you know what? Adele had a really great performance on the VMAs. I think that was like... The highlight. I, I always have to watch these award shows because I got to see what kind of spectacle is going to happen. And uh, if, if people didn't know about Adele before, I mean, she is like one of the biggest pop stars right now. Yeah. Uh, they certainly did after that performance. She performed Someone Like You, and it was just amazing. I didn't know they gave away awards at the uh, MTV Music Awards. Well, especially for a channel that doesn't play the videos, yes, exactly. which is pretty funny. <laughs> All right, here are some of the news headlines from this week. Hitting the Bahamas on Thursday and then making its way up the coast. Hurricane Irene put New York City in a state of emergency over the weekend. Yeah, Mayor uh, Michael Bloomberg announced on Friday that citizens living in lower-lying areas of the city should consider evacuating. While the hurricane was bad news for citizens and officials alike, it was even more of an inconvenience. Hurricanes are inconveniences yes, are. for musicians and concert goers, uh, causing the indefinite postponement and cancellation of several live performances from artists such as Janelle Monet, Santa Gold, Ted Leo, Matt and Kim, CeeLo Green, The Roots, and several others. I can only imagine how many shows were set mm-hmm. for this past weekend in New York. A number of festivals were affected as well, including the 7th Annual Afro Punk Festival, the Out in the Streets Festival, and the Dave Matthews Band Caravan Festival on Governor's Island on Saturday and Sunday. Shows and festivals are to be rescheduled soon. LGBT activist and 80s pop star Cindy Lauper is opening a housing facility to homeless, gay, lesbian, transgender, and bisexual youths called the True Colors Resistance in Harlem. Uh, Cindy Lauper began the project after finding out that youth who identify as LGBT account for roughly 40% of the homeless youth in New York. Uh, the facility will consist of 30 apartments with rent specific to personal income, as well as job placement and a safe place. Place to stay. Way to go, Cindy. And finally, Stop the Virgins is the title of Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's frontwoman Karen O's psycho opera, a new genre, I guess, a production she co-created with K.K. Barrett, the show's design director. Uh, Karen O had this to say about the opera. This piece isn't aiming to be all about spectacle or abstraction. Though there is a good helping of both in the production. I'm hoping to create an original live experience. It should feel like a psychedelic ride laced with 
catharsis. Hmm. And while that doesn't say much about what the show is actually yeah, about, not at all. Uh, contributors to the show include members of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, the Raconteurs, and the Greenhorns. So at least the music should be good. Uh, the show is directed by Pulitzer Prize finalist Adam Rapp and is set to premiere in Brooklyn. It's at St. Anne's Warehouse October 12th of this year. I'm more intrigued by the idea of a new Yeah Yeah Yeahs album. I don't know about you, Joe. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of had, she's another one of those artists that she's been guesting on people's, yeah, um, been busy with you know, other records, mm-hmm. but, um, and, and now she's working on this, a psycho opera. So she's had her hands in a lot of places. So, uh, and again, I agree with you, looking forward to another Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record. The CMJ Music Marathon and Film Festival has begun announcing their 2011 music lineup. While there's still more to come, some of the noteworthy bands already announced for the CMJ Music Marathon include Wild Flag, Eleanor Friedberger. Yeah, from the Fiery Furnaces. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and Neon Indian, CSS, Handsome Furs, Portugal the Man, and Unknown Mortal Orchestra. The festival will be taking place in New York City between October 18th and the 22nd. Well, thanks for dropping by, Jill. Yeah, thank you, Bill. All right. stores this week. Zach Condon's band Beirut are back with a new album called The Riptide. Gwen Campbell's new album is Ghost in the Canvas. It's title track written by Paul Westerberg. Gwen getting a lot of press as he was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. John Doe, he's the ex-founder. He has a new album called Keeper. Mike Doty's new album is called Yes and Also Yes, features guest Roseanne Cash. David Guetta, a new one. Juliana Hatfield has a new one, too. As does Texas troubadour Robert Earl Keane. Tommy Keene, the veteran rocker, has a new one. Lenny Kravitz does, too. The Finnish band The Late Birds new album is out today. Little Wayne's The Carter Four out today. I'm With You, the long-awaited, much-anticipated Red Hot Chili Peppers album is out, too. Stereo MCs have one, as does Tommy Stinson. The Replacements bass player extraordinaire has a new solo album. Butch Walker and the Black Widow's a new one. And there's a new, it had to happen, Reggae Goes Country, featuring reggae artists covering country greats. <laughs> and Tom Morello... Also known as The Night Watchman, has a new album. He was the yeah the founder of Rage Against the Machine. He has a new album called Worldwide Rebel Songs. We're going to check out a track right now. You're on Musicast. Might throw a little money around Wondering who can be bought Some might find they're weaker Some stronger than they thought Well, I stand or fall right here in my country in my home I used to think I was alone Well, I ain't alone no more Black spot, a kiss heart attack machine Black spot, a kiss heart attack machine Black spot, a kiss heart attack machine Yo! 
I'm Bill DeVille, and this is Music Heads. It's now time to check out who's set to become the next big thing with our co-music director, Melanie Walker. What do you got for us today, Mel? Today, Bill, I have something that is totally up your alley. It's a band out Mm -hmm. of the UK, and they're kind of the new saviors of rock and roll over there. Their name is the Jim Jones Review. Let you up on top, and now I'm going to put you down again. Well, I used to like to let you see you spread your wings every now and then. What's their story? So the Jim Jones Review is kind of a garage rock band comprising of Jim Jones, who's formerly of a band called The Hypnotics. Yeah, 90s kind of shoegazy British band. I used to like them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, this band sounds nothing like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Rupert Orton, Gavin Ray, Nick Jones, and Henry Herbert is their pianist. And uh, they formed after Jim Jones and Rupert Orton met at this uh, blues club night in London that's got the greatest title. It's called Not the Same Old Blues Crap. <laughs> So they met at this club night and, you know, decided they had common interests, decided to form a band and went ahead and recorded their debut album in 48 hours. Wow. Yeah, turned it around really quickly. And it was released on punk rock blues records over in the UK and went totally viral. I mean, everybody was just clamoring to get this record, clamoring to go to their shows. It was all word of mouth. And uh, people just were loving the Jim Jones Review. And so they decided to go ahead and uh, they put out some B-sides and things like that for their fans. But they decided to cut together another album. That's this album that they have out right now called Burning Your House Down. And funny enough, uh, somebody that we know quite well actually produced the album. It was the drummer for Nick Cave and the Bag Seeds oh, and sure. Grinderman. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that, that Grinderman sound in there as well. O- Oasis singer Liam Gallagher is a big fan of this band. Wow. But they are just kind of the sa- the new saviors of rock and roll over in Britain. People are just loving them over there. And I don't know if anybody's really that familiar with them over here in the United States yet, but I yeah. guarantee by the end of the year they will be. Now, they did tear it up at South by Southwest. Is that correct? They did tear it up down there. That's mm-hmm. where I first saw them. Our other music director, David Saffer, here is a big fan of them and said, ooh, when you go down to Austin, you got to check out this band, right. the Jim Jones Review. So I went to their show at Antoine's. Uh, at 2 a.m. Wow. <laughs> I think on a Friday night, it was like a Friday or Saturday night, went with a friend of mine, and it was the grimiest, loudest, most fun show that I saw down there. It was definitely one of those 2 a.m. shows. The best way to kind of compare this band or to categorize this band is they kind of sound like Iggy Pop, the Stooges, mixed with a little Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. a little mm-hmm. Richard. I mean, they've, they've got this authentic sound going for them that doesn't sound like a knockoff. It doesn't sound like they're copycatting any anybody. They're really very timeless. And they do, they bring that rock and roll back because I think that whole 12-bar uh, boogie, 
you know, it, it's been a staple of rock and roll for the last 50 years, but unfortunately it's been kind of watered down. Yeah. These guys, the, the one thing about them I noticed right out of the gate is they, they seem dangerous, like the kind of kind of guys you don't bring home to mom. No, no. I mean, <laughs> they, they, uh, Jim Jones is the man when he's yeah, up yeah. on stage, you know, and, and he's ferociously talented. And I mean, he is kind of dangerous and he's sweating and yeah. dancing and screaming into the mic and the piano looks like, you know, the guy looks like he's just going to break the keys on the piano playing it as hard as he is. I mean, they really bring a lot of energy into their shows. And I think it translates onto this album. There's so many great tracks on here, Bill. The first track off of the album, Dishonest John, really starts off with an explosion, like, of core-shaking melodies. And, and they managed to bring back this, like I told you, that old-school rock and roll sound. Yeah. track on the album that I really like a lot, High Horse, where Jones is kind of like barking and growling and uh, he keeps telling you that he's going to pull you back down from your high horse. And yeah, it sounds like it's something that the John Spencer Blues explosion might have Yeah, might that's have a great comparison. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's only two and a half minutes. A lot of these tracks are pretty short, but mm-hmm. um, they pack a punch. There's another track on the album that actually, he kind of reminds me of Tom Waits on this track called Big Ben. There's a couple of songs where he's got this Tom Waits like gritty drawl yeah, yeah. going on that's a lot of fun. just a ton of fun. I can't say enough good things about them. They're getting great reviews, lots of great press, and I think they're going to take over America like they did the UK. All right, it's Melanie Walker. It's the next big thing here on Music Heads. Mel, what should we check out? All right, the track that I think we should check out was actually a favorite of yours as well as mine. It's a track called Premeditated, and this is a track where you really can hear that garage punk, that Stooges, Iggy Pop kind of sound coming from Jim Jones with that Jerry Lee Lewis piano in the background just like clattering away. It's Premeditated by the Jim Jones Review. All right, thank you, Mel.
Time now for the guest list feature. Steve Seal from The Morning Show recently spoke with Chris Walla about some of his favorite music. This is Steve Seal from The Morning Show, and this week we've got Chris Walla of Death Cab for Cutie as our guest. Hello, Chris. Hi, Steve. Thanks for coming in, as usual. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so now uh, what records have you got in your in current rotation? In current rotation is a record by a, a woman from Portland named Kelly Schaefer, and the album is called Ghost of the Beast. And this is an album that Kelly and her bandmates made in their basement that they all, you know, they all live together in a house in Portland and, and, and made this record that is so kind of hyper accomplished and super committed and spans the spectrum from, I mean, like vocally she spans the spectrum from like Billie Holiday to, to Jack White. Dear God. And she's got the muscle control to do all of that stuff. And, you know, there's sometimes with singers, like, they, they can sing like that sometimes, but it's sort of a fluke. And mm-hmm. it, I, I get the sense with Kelly that she actually really knows what she's doing. The songs are just really incredible, and her word choices are really interesting. And the whole, like, topically, the whole record is sort of strung together from little bits of, you know, found objects, like paper clips and chicken wire and cotton balls. And the whole record is about her sort of interface with the physical world in a kind of fascinating way and it's just it's a totally riveting record and i can't put it down and it's you know it's tough to pick a single song from this record because it is really a pretty broad spectrum but i think i don't know maybe the title track's a good place to start it's a song called ghost of the beast so yeah this is um ghost of the beast by kelly shape Schaefer, the record is called Ghost of the Beast, and that's the title track. All right, Chris Walla, mm-hmm. what else is uh, on your mind musically these days? Well, um, I every few years I end up in the place where I am yet again obsessed with the three Bowie, Eno, Visconti, oh, Berlin sure. records. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now is certainly one of those times. And last year it was sort of more low, the first of those three records. You know, I've always loved Heroes, but I've been really loving Heroes. Mm-hmm as an album and I think like these those three records are really interesting because like there's barely any songs on low Mm -hmm. like it's just these little fragments that are all sort of strung together and in large part because Bowie spent most of the time while that record was being made not in the studio but rather in a courtroom in New York trying to get out of a management deal Eno Visconti took bunches of scraps of like little demo ideas and sort of dumped them onto the record like that's kind of the record which is amazing but then heroes is um like bowie was around for the whole record and it's it's got this just kind of upsetting super manic (laughs) energy about it the whole thing and particularly this song it's sort of the uh it's the total breakdown of the album it's the middle point of the album and it's a song called blackout sweet choice chris wellen thanks for coming in yeah thanks for having me steve chris wellen from death cat for cutie
critics. Uh, everybody is a critic. It's the music meeting. This time I'm joined by co-music director, new hot host, David Safar. Hi, David. Hey, good to be here, Bill. Welcome back. Local show and Radio Free Current host, David Campbell, joins me today as well. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Bill. How are you? You good? I'm good, man. All right. Shall we dive in? Let's get into this thing. All right. The Whores Hail from Southend on Sea, England, not to be confused with the American band of the same name. The English band The Horrors made their first album called Strange House in 2007. The album had kind of a goth feel to it. By 2009, they changed directions a bit with their Primary Colors album, which had more of a shoegazy vibe about it. For the band's new Skying album, they've reinvented themselves again, this time in the form of an 80s new wave or synth-pop band like Simple Minds' Gary Newman or Echo and the Bunnymen, and later sounds of the Madchester scene. Skying is full of lush, shape-shifting arrangements. The band has largely ditched its post-punk leanings in favor of these arrangements. The Horrors haven't totally given in to the 80s. You can still hear elements of reggae dub, psychedelia, and shoegaze. David, is it working for you? It's working for me more than their uh, their sophomore slump, Primary Colors. You know, for the band's third album, they still haven't broken out in the U.S. They've mm-hmm. been really successful in the U.K. In fact, Strange House charted at number 37 in the U.K., Primary Colors was number 25, and now Skyne at number five. Number five so yeah. clearly something really good's happening for them in uh, in their homeland. And they know their roots. Their first album was littered with references to legendary punk bands who obviously have influenced them, except I can't hear those influences anymore, and it's kind of disappointing. On their first album, they had that song, Sheena is a Parasite, Mm -hmm. which uh, was referencing the Ramones' Sheena is a Punk and the Cramps' Sheena is in a goth gang so they really had this like idea in mind of we're going to be this goth punk band but with with an updated sound and they really abandoned it um they even had like obscure stuff on that first album like uh, jack the ripper that screaming lord such mm-hmm. song so you know I, I don't know what direction the band's going in but on this new album they've done a better job than their their second album primary colors but they haven't quite hit their stride yet maybe even though they're they're like i said wildly successful in the uk if i picked a song off this album I think it would be between the extended song, the extended jam at the end. I don't know if it's a jam, but uh, Ocean's oh, Burning jam. at the end. But really, the single is the best song in the album. Still, by I, far, yeah. it, it, by far, it, it has that slow, steady pulse of the drum and bass with those synth lines laid over it yeah, almost perfectly, and they do a great job of it. Campbell, is the album working for you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel it's sort of like David that there's pieces of this that are really interesting to me, but the, the whole is not something that I'm sold on. Yeah. How about that? that uh, I, I like the, I really like the dream pop, spacey shoegaze element, which I think is just as prominent on this record as the new wave stuff. They use some keyboards, so I hear like the new wavey thing. But this doesn't sound like the first three Gary Newman records no. to me. It's just like in, in places it does, but towards the end of little, the record. Little, yeah. little co- they use some of the same colors, but the overall vibe is still this kind of big shoegazy, big wall of sound vibe, which I like. But in some ways, you know, I just got to reading more about these guys. I feel like this might be, I feel like this is kind of a Duran Duran thing. 
you know, like they all got the haircuts and the clothes and they look great. And, you know, the music is style it, over substance. That it, that is what I'm saying, which is, yeah. a, you know, it seems like every other week the UK churns out some. This is the next the next Beatles, the next band that we have to know everything about. And, and, and then I get it, I look at it and I listen to it. And I'm like, really? This is you know, this is what we're, we're all supposed to be excited about. And uh, I feel in many ways that this is this is another one of those bands where they they certainly have some talent. And yeah, I like what they do. And in fact, a couple of songs on this I really enjoyed, especially the contrast in the song "Endless Blue." That was my favorite of the record. But I really like that the whole like kind of lightning seeds, fake hornsy thing at the beginning, and then all of a sudden this like slam into a whole different kind of like heavily distorted guitar part. cornerstone uh, for my indecisiveness on this record is the vocalist. He kind of does a Richard Butler thing. Um, I hear that. But it's 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 limited, yeah. and it's far less charismatic than uh, the psychedelic furs ever sounded. I think he sounded, the song you mentioned, Endless Blue, I thought he sounded more like Peter Murphy from Bauhaus. Oh yeah, you hear, you hear that too. Which, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, you know that was the first and greatest influence on yeah. the man, so it's it's not surprising. Who's to say what's going to happen to these guys in ten years? Well, I guess that's time will tell on this. But um, there's some interesting things on here, and so I can see where people get into it. But next biggest greatest thing out of the UK? Mm, it's not, too late not, for that. Yeah, I think. yeah. My, and they're certainly not purists. I mean, I think you know, going from you're talking about their influences like Gary Newman to Duran Duran. I mean, Gary Newman, you're talking about purists. You know, if, mm-hmm. if they were coming out with stuff that sounded exactly like that, I'd, I'd be really interested and in see if they could actually pull it off. Now, talking about Duran Duran, there's nothing wrong with being a band that has cool influences and writes a fun song that you can put on your mixtape or, you know, on, on, you know, on your party mix and mm-hmm. enjoy with your friends. And I think that's what this album and this band is really about. From the start, they've been a band that puts out good singles, but yeah. overall, and I hear that too, what you're talking about, Dave, throughout the album, it sounds like the vocalist is really trying to be someone who he's not. Mm-hmm. Who are they? That's who my, that's my whole issue with this band. And he's trying to yeah. really conjure up these, you know, references to the influences that yeah. are really good influences to have, but, you know, he needs to be himself, too, and that's one of the big problems. There are points in this album, um, you know, dive in, it almost sounds like a really watered-down modern rock song, you know, pushed through the, like, that's 80s sound machine. And it's, psychedelic. And, it's you know. not, it, you know, they just didn't pull it off. It sounded really over overdone and, like, yeah. they were trying way too hard.
I think that's I think that's the message. They're tr- this band is trying super hard. The fact that their Wikipedia page lists the first two songs they played at their first rehearsal means they've been documenting this thing since day one, writing their own story. You know, do you remember what you played at your first rehearsal in the first band you were in? I don't want to remember. No, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> it was probably you know like Sugar Ray or something embarrassing. And if it was, good on you for starting at the beginning and and uh, you know moving forward. I, I will say I don't know. that they certainly have a stylist on the payroll. Yeah, a I good style. So Good style, because yeah. <laughs> their their look is impeccable. Maybe not the next big thing in music, but the next big thing in fashion. The next big thing in hair. Yeah. It's been the music meeting here on Music Heads. I want to thank David and David for joining me today. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks, Bill. Well, let's check out a song that I enjoyed, and this one is the one that reminds me a little bit of Gary Newman. This is called "I Can See Through You." to Music Heads, music news for music lovers. It's now time for The Essentials, where we let you know what records are must-haves to any Music Heads collection. Joining me is Jackie Fuller. How are you doing, Jackie? I'm great. Good. What did you choose today? I brought in Wilco's Summer Teeth album. Ah, nice choice. Yeah, that was their third release. came out in 1999, and it's kind of funny because if you talk to, well, the world at large would probably vote uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot as Wilco's best album. We're not the world at large, We're not though. the world at large. And yeah. the and the diehard Wilco fans, the Wilco purists, would probably vote for their second the album, Being There. Being album. There, yeah, yep. record set, yeah. But I, I, to me, Being There always kind of felt like more of a... a draft thesis it didn't have the co- the cohesiveness mm-hmm. and maybe because it was the, the double disc but summer teeth felt like um to me the first true wilco album i agree with you yeah. and summer teeth is where it all just comes together there's it, it, there's those elements of brian wilson there's little hints at, at john lennon and the beatles there's still a little bit of twang going on too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just feels so fully formed and fully realized to me what's exciting about listening to it now as well is that you can also hear uh, little pieces and elements of what's about to happen with yeah. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. There's these wonderful pop melodies, but they're sort of undercut by weird moments of distortion and chaos. And so by the time Yankee Hotel Foxtrot comes out, it's just sort of like, ah, yes, here we go. seems like it, 
G. Bennett was a big factor in this album, too. Huge. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of it was done at his studio, and they, they learned how to play all these rickety old instruments, and they really did find their own sound with this one. Yeah, he was really the one pushing um, pushing them to experiment with this one, and mm-hmm. I guess the story is he, he bought a Mellotron, and he insisted that it get used. It and, certainly got used. And there, it was kind of when you start to see in the, in the whole, if you're interested in the whole biography of Wilco, when some of that tension started happening. This was a rough period for Jeff Tweedy personally, yeah. um, with his relationships with um, with his wife, with uh, his uh, addictions, his troubles with his addictions to painkillers. And um, at the time, he and Jay Bennett had sort of forged this alliance that was, you know, a wonderful friendship and a great uh, a great musical partnership, but maybe not the healthiest for either of probably them. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. And then, uh, well, bad things happened to Mr. Bennett later yeah. on. He certainly missed, and but he was certainly a big contributor to this album. Totally. So mm-hmm. musically a big contributor, but also I think maybe to the emotional content of the album. I mean, it's just the, the band isn't exploding. It's not this completely new direction. It's it's a yeah. it's a subtle shift, but it's really the beginning of the Wilco that we know today. Yes, mm-hmm. How did you first come, you know, in contact with Wilco? What uh, were you an Uncle Tupelo fan from the get-go, and you just kind of gravitated to Wilco after they split up, or? I was an Uncle Tupelo fan, and um, this was sort of uh, looking back my big alt country phase. Yeah. Not that I don't still love alt country, but there was a time where it was all I listened to. Well, everybody eventually moves on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I did like Uncle Tupelo. Um, I I was sort of a late adopter to Wilco, though it was actually with this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard you know bits of AM, and I certainly had songs on being there that I liked, but I I wasn't the Wilco fan that I am now, and. Um, I think some of it was you depend upon your friends for what you listen to. And especially at that time in my life, I turned to my friends for a lot of recommendations. And a lot of those friends that I was hanging out with at the time were really into the Uncle Tupelo sound and felt a little betrayed by where Wilco was going with Summer Teeth. Mm -hmm. And I when I listened to it, I, I came to it expecting to be let down and actually was blown away because what happened for me in that moment was it it challenged the idea, the ideas that I had about what is Americana. Yeah. Is Americana uh, like America itself, not to sound cheesy, but is this sort of this melting pot of influences? And that's what Wilco's up to here. There's mm-hmm. so many different things going on, and it's and it's as American to me as anything else. Please beware the quiet front yard. I warned you before there were water skies. I warned you not to drive. Dry your eyes, you poor devil. She's Jackie Fuller. She hosts Teenage Kick Saturday mornings here on 89.3 The Current. We haven't talked specifically about songs. What are some of your favorites? Oh from this God, one? I, it'd be hard to, I'd be hard pressed to pick one. Um, yeah. I think some of the, the the opening tracks, like you mentioned, can't stand it. Just 
hits it out of the park right from the start. Yeah, sure um, does. She's a Jar is a gorgeous song with amazing imagery. Mm-hmm. A Shot in the Arm is amazing. I'm glad that we get to hear it twice. Uh, I love the slower songs, like We're Just Friends, um, Via Chicago. That's a nice one. It's such a nice song. Um, I love, I'm a big fan actually of one of the hidden tracks of Candy Floss. Ah. It's such a circus of a song. It's got this sort of nod to Elvis Costello, but then it also has these... Um, sort of wacky background vocals, almost operatic background vocals that make me think of ELO. Mm-hmm. Well, we should have you pick your favorite song from the album right now to close up. It's been fun chatting with one of you know our favorite albums, Wilco's Summer Teeth, released back in 1999. So what would you like to listen to, Jackie? One of my favorites on this one is I'm Always in Love. Ah, nice pick. Thanks again for dropping by. Thanks. It's been Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Jill Riley, Melanie Walker, David Safar, David Campbell, and Jackie Fuller. Props to Chris Walla of Death Cab for Cutie for sharing some of the music he loves with us. And special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker and Derek Stevens for helping to make this show happen. And to our intern Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this happen. And thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org slash musicheads. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a track from M83, the French electronic dream pop pioneers led by Anthony Gonzalez. The new album is titled Hurry Up, We're Dreaming and is set for release October 18th. Here's a track called Midnight City.